Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I can't even believe how much we have to catch up on and how much we got to talk about. And I'm feeding Rajima Lotus right now, so we're going to get through it. Lickety split. Welcome in. Happy Friday. Hope you're having a great week. It's crazy how fast the weeks go, how fast the weekends come in the summer. It's like we're all chasing down. I don't even know what it is, but then all of a sudden, bam, it's over. So hopefully everybody's enjoying it. Can't believe how beautiful it is uh, around Missoula, around the state of Montana right now. And this is the time of year when all sorts of stuff is going on. Because of that, we haven't seen this guy in a little while. Rajiv Seabrook riding with me, Coulter Nuanas, here uh, on the radio dial, as well as on SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Uh, Rogers in Texas, and then it was the last day of school for his little man. So uh, we haven't seen him in a little while, and we have a lot of stuff uh, to talk to him about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even some uh, some more Stevie Wonder commentary because I've been jamming on Stevie hard. I'll tell you the story here in just a second. Uh, but we're also going to talk uh, a continued conversation that we've been having all week long about baseball, specifically the center fielder position and why it's so sparsely populated in the Hall of Fame from guys from the most recent generation. We're also going to talk some NBA, NBA Finals, and some NBA Futures as well. What do all of the top contenders need to do this offseason? That's what makes the NBA fun. You can just speculate endlessly, even though the championship was only won about a week ago. Uh, But, I mean, it is just the league that has the most interchangeable pieces and the most drama in it. We're also going to talk some East-West Shrine game. Uh, and some other storylines from around uh, the city of Missoula as part of our Garden City Spotlight. We'll also uh, compare and contrast the East and West Shrine Game rosters, but also give you some info on where a lot of the kids uh, on both sides of the East-West Shrine Game tomorrow are going for college. What does that mean in the scope of uh, recruiting? And what does it also say about high school football in the state of Montana? Pretty much every It used to be that the East-West Shrine Game would be partly sort of this rite of passage for the guys that are going to college, playing with and against their future teammates for the first time. But for a great many guys that play in the East-West Shrine game, it was the last high school football game they'd ever play. Well, now pretty much every guy in the East-West Shrine game this weekend is going to college. What does that say about high school football in Montana? Also, what does it say just about uh, right now just the quality of play in the Frontier Conference? We'll also give you some U.S. Open updates, and I'm sure we'll get to a whole bunch of other stuff as well. How's that Lotus? 
Dude, this is it's like the worst thing to give to me. I know. It's so funny because by, by the time you get in here, you're already at least three to four cups deep usually, right? Oh, you know what's up. At least Americano, at least two cups of drift. Absolutely. And, uh, well caffeinated for sure. We're drinking Lotuses from Florence Coffee. I already drank mine, so I'm already all the way cranked up. I probably hadn't had as much caffeine as Raj had. <laughs> no, this stuff is insane, man. This is going to make me put like a 13th step into a 12-step program. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is, this is ridiculous. It, they, they are really really good. They're really refreshing. It's plant-based energy. Um, it does take some fortitude to drink one about four o'clock in the afternoon because there is quite a bit of caffeine, probably about two and a half cups of caffeine in there, but uh, it's clean. It's healthy. We get the sugar-free ones, so it's basically just like drinking a sparkling water with a little bit of plant energy shot in there, about 150, 160 milligrams of caffeine. So uh, no matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Florence Coffee Company near you. Go check out uh, their kiosk. You can drive through, lickety-split, boom, you get your caffeine. You stay up late because it's a Friday night. I know it's uh, it's one of the longest days of the year. The summer solstice right around the corner next week. Pretty crazy that we're already approaching uh, one of the longest days of the summer. Uh, but go check out Florence Coffee this afternoon, this evening, uh, or anytime, uh, all the way around the state of Montana. You want to stream the show? You always can, either using our station website, 1029ESPN.com, or by downloading the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. So here's been our eternal debate. First of all, uh, I was in the Midwest for the first time in my life last week. I've been to some Midwestern cities, but I've never been to Chicago or Milwaukee. Okay. So I went to each this last weekend. Very fun, cool experience. Yeah. I was only out there for a couple of days, so only got just a, you know, a small dose. A little sample. But I went to a baseball game. Yeah. So now I got a little baseball fever. We've been talking paddleheads around here. We've been talking Major League Baseball. Got a little itch. Uh, one thing I was we, we've been talking about, though, is... I can't even remember how we got to this point. Oh, it's because we were talking about this box of baseball cards. Within this box of baseball cards, there was a uh, a Drew Jones one of one. We didn't get it, but the, they're like the most coveted prize in this box is a one of one Drew Jones rookie card. Drew Jones, one of the top prospects in baseball. Mm-hmm. He also happens to be the son of Andrew Jones. The uh, great brave center fielder. Yes, sir. So we were, you know, tripping down memory lane, remembering how great Andrew Jones was, especially during the peak of his career there in Atlanta. That whole, that whole team. That, that team was that sweet. That team was stacked. That, that team was super stacked. Um, he sort of had the inenviable task of carrying the Braves into the 2000s, too, because they were, I mean, I think they won the division every single year of the entire 1990s. Yep. They would always lose the National League Championship Series, but they did, they did make it to two World Series, and they won a World Series, so they certainly... Yes. But, I mean, they were like, other than the World Series part, though, they were the team of the decade in the 90s. Yes. Andrew Jones came in later 90s, and then he sort of hit his prime in the 2000s when the team sort of fell off. Anyways, we started remembering about Andrew Jones and Kenny Lofton um, and guys so like good. this, sort of the modern, sort of the, the previous generation of center fielders. And then I was looking, I was like, man, Andrew Jones was dang good. He's not a Hall of Famer. That's pretty interesting. And I thought, wow, Kenny Lofton was exceptionally good. He's not a Hall of Famer either. Then I remember Jim Edmonds. And I was like, whoa, Jim Edmonds was definitely one of the best center fielders of that generation. Absolutely. He's not a Hall of Famer either. We got to the point where we realized Ken Griffey Jr. is the only center fielder that's been inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame over the last, like, 30 years. Our whole last modern generation, there's no center fielders in the Hall of Fame. Your look on your face is telling. It's surprising, right? I, yeah, I, I, it's I out of the immortal words of Scooby Doo. Like, how is that even a possibility? How's it even possible, right? When you look at, oh, how is that so un- overlooked and underserved at the same time? Right, totally. Then we were talking sort of about the evolution of the center field position. For, for so long, you would put your best athlete and your best player in center field. Absolutely. Cover as much ground. Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey, Tris Speaker. I mean, you're talking about some of the greatest players in the history of, Absolutely. of, of baseball. Well, now, over the last probably 15, even 10 years, a lot of times you're putting a high priority on the defensive performance, but you're having your best guys play the play corner. the corners. For a lot of reasons, mostly to take a lot of tread off the tires, though. You don't want your best guy having to run so far all the time. You want him to stay a little bit more fresh. It's just interesting to see the way that the game has evolved, but I thought that was so striking. I also think that the Major League Baseball and the Baseball Hall of Fame in general, Cooperstown, sometimes they're sort of notorious for how strict they are in terms of 
players being inducted into the hall. There's only 19, we were looked it up, there's only 19 center fielders in the, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, from a 160 plus years of pro baseball, that's, that seems too stingy. That's staggering. Well, you know, the, the only other parallel that I can give, uh, uh, you know, to counter that, to, to show some polarization, is the lack of kickers and punchers in the NFL Hall of Fame. For sure. I mean, the, the only true Kicker only in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is Jan Stenerud, a a Montana State alum who then kicked for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no representation for the specialists. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm I'm about to go on a Fox Mulder uh, deep dive, man. That is that is baffling. It's so funny to me too. What do you think of this? The the various Hall of Fames for for the sports Mm -hmm. are so much different in how open they are. Like, so many players are in the Basketball Hall of Fame. A ton. You, you only had to be sort of fringely good or even just a great college player to be in the basketball, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Truth, truth. Whereas then in the NFL, I mean, there's only eight tight ends in the NFL Hall of Fame. The Pro Football Hall of Fame only has eight tight ends. That's that, crazy. However, that's going to change over the course of the next 10 years it, because of the evolution of is, the position. Like it, when I, It is, but there's going to be some guys that we think are Hall of Famers that are going to get le- left out. Okay. Because it's so exclusive, like a guy like Jason Witten to me is on the cusp, even though he should be he a surefire, right? Absolutely. Because guys from his same generation, Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates, they're all better. Correct. You know what I mean? So Correct. if they're going to be really super stingy about huh. it, it's only the best of the best of the best. That's what we're talking about right now with these center fielders. Basically, they're saying, hey, we didn't care if you were one of the three or four or five best center fielders of your generation. You weren't the best. You weren't the so best. So you're not in. So you're there. It is. It's interesting. That is that is what I like to call the very stringent situation. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Why do you think there's no center fielders from uh, Major League Baseball in in Cooperstown? It's baffling to me. Only of the modern generation, I'm talking about. I just think that there's several guys. Deserving. That, that, that certainly are deserving. Carlos Beltran is going to be the next guy that's up that probably has a case as well. I mean, he was a, a great all-round 5 tool yep. player. Yep. He's got pretty good numbers. Uh, so, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see uh, if he gets uh, open. But if you have any thoughts on this, 406-888-1029. What is your opinion on, we're talking just strictly the Baseball Hall of Fame now, guys like Pete Rose or Barry Bonds, guys that have had Various or differing but egregious violations of the sort of <laughs> ethics of the game. Yeah. Should those guys be in the Hall of Fame? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I For for me, I would let Pete in before Barry. Um, you know, the be- the betting on the game didn't change it. He wasn't, there wasn't an enhancing and altering of the physicality of the game. So I, I just finished this wonderful book. I want everybody in my life to borrow it. So I'm probably going to just be handing this thing around for the next 20 years, but you're certainly going to get a copy of it or I'm going to let you borrow mine. It's called Talking to Goats by Jim Gray. He's a Ooh. phenomenal uh, sort of uh, reporter. Yeah, Jim journalist. Gray's brilliant. Um, his chapter about, so probably the most infamous interview of, of well, there's two infamous interviews of Jim Gray's career. One, when he interviewed Mike Tyson post-fight after Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. Yum, yum. And Tyson is, you know, he, he's outside of his mind. He's, he's truly having like a, a mental episode oh, at that moment. Episodic behavior. And Jim Gray nails this interview and gets Mike Tyson to look at the same time like human and completely crazy. And it's, it's one of the most brilliant moments in the history of, of pro fighting and probably of pay-per-view uh, events ever. <laughs> but then the, the other uh, sort of infamous moment of Jim Gray's career was at the 1999 All-Star Game in Boston when they were announcing the All-Century team. You, you might remember this. They had all of the living members of the baseball All-Century yep. team on yep. the field. And then at the very end, I got goosebumps even just remembering this. At the very end, they brought Ted Williams, Williams out, out in a yeah. golf cart. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, Ted Williams at that moment. I think he was maybe 84, 85 years old, and he was he he died shortly, shortly after that. Yeah, absolutely, but it was this iconic moment where all the greats of the game are welcoming now Boston's favorite son, and uh, it, it, was, it was spectacular. Well, then the the post ceremony interview there after all those moments of these guys getting announced was Jim Gray talking to Pete Rose. Jim Gray made it the interview all about Pete Rose and his gambling and his getting thrown out of the game instead of about remembering the moment. That's why Gray took so much heat. But I digress. That whole chapter of Jim in that book, though, Jim Gray describing this is all about how it's not necessarily about 
if Pete Rose's gambling influenced the game or not. Mm-hmm. It's about that the only rule in all of baseball, in all of professional baseball, that's written on the locker room wall is thou shall not gamble on the contest at hand. Right. The only rule that's written on every single Major League Baseball locker room wall is that you cannot gamble. So you throw Pete Rose out because he is directly spitting in the face of the ethics of the game. It's written on the wall. The only rule he's defying, he's breaking egregiously mm-hmm. while in a power position. I thought that was a good argument. I'd never heard that argument before. That is. It gives a different frame of reference and a total different context at the same time. Like the one thing you are asked not like, don't put your hand on the stove. Don't right. put your hand on the stove. Right. Don't put your hand on the stove, and you're just doing it, and, and and eventually you got you get burned, and that's what happened with Pete Rose. It's just like drug tests at the NFL Combine, right? That's it's not that it's not even about like the opposition of the drug that you're going to fail for. It's the a reverence for the rules, yeah, right. Like you're failing a stupidity test at that point, and you're also announcing to this person that's giving you a job interview that I I'm being irreverent to your rule that you already told me. You're breaking the rule because of negligence. That's this is silly, right? And Same if you're going to break something that just in your face on the nose, then what else are you going to willingly do? That's going to be of poor choice and poor outcome. Yeah, that's an. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna rest on. You got, I'm going home thinking. I got some takeaways for, for sure. Folks. Thank you, man. Well, last t- thought on this before we talk some NBA. Nuana's now Rajim Seabrook rolling with me. Coulter Nuana's here uh, on your Friday. Uh, some NBA conversation coming up here in just a hot minute. Um, I, I I do think sometimes there's a misperception of what a Hall of Fame should be. It's certainly uh, a. It's it's a tribute to the accomplishments of great individual and yes. and 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 teams in the scope of professional sports, but it's also a museum. It's also a relic to the history of the game. Correct. Regardless of Pete Rose getting thrown out of baseball, he still is the all-time hits leader and is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. That's a part of the game's history. Mm-hmm. Regardless if Barry Bonds did steroids or not, and I fully truly believe he is. There's a whole book about it, Game of Shadows. Game of Shadows. Uh, so that you know, I think it's pretty undeniable. But but he still hit all those home runs. He still was one of the great players in the history of the game. I, I just think that you should have a, a a I think that guys that have been thrown out of the game should still be in the Hall of Fame and they, they should just have, have their, their own, own wing. Exactly. I, and, yeah. and all of that should be chronicled. Well, the good and the bad. There well, should be a whole exhibit because in the it's Hall part of, fame. of the history and there, it is altered. It has given life to new conversations, new branches. There should, be also, a, there, I, there should be a wing in the Hall of Fame for all of the people that got thrown out for betting from like the early 1900s. Black Sox scandal, the White Sox, yeah. to Pete Rose, because that's a huge part of the game, huge and people need to game. know about that. It adds to the lore. I also think that when we look at, for baseball, which is one of the most fickle sports on the planet for stats and, you know, just some like nuances of sports, for sure. I'm okay with having Barry Bonds and, you know, with names with asterisks next to him. You know, and having the asterisks denoting this was during the steroid era, because then it gives context, it adds... It gives guys like you things to conversate about, but I I do think that they do have a place in the history of the game, regardless of their poor transgressions and choices. No, I was down. ESPN Radio coming through to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Thanks for tuning in, no matter how you are tuning in. Rajim Seabrook kicking it with me here on your Friday. How about some NBA? Um, first of all, your, your thoughts How about some PB and J. You got some of that? <laughs> You're always so hungry when you come in here. It's so funny. <laughs> well, you, son, you didn't get enough gummy bears or what? No, man. Those are like those little, I know like, there's only like three in there. There's like four yeah. in there, yeah, yeah, dude. For sure. I need one for every tooth I have in my head at one time. Like, let's go. Your thoughts on the Denver Nuggets and their uh, first ever NBA championship. I, I love it. I, I think, I think the story of the Denver Nuggets and how they organically put a team together and it wasn't, um, you know, buying big names and, you know, all time great scorers or all time greats of the game. Um, I love it. I think it's. A, I think it was a great story. I'm glad Miami did not get swept. Um, I have re-fallen in love with Jimmy Butler. He's just sure. Mr. Funk Nasty, and I love him to death. Um, I think it's great for Denver, and I think it's a. I it's think great it's a great Denver. blueprint for teams going forward. Like you don't have to go out there and have the four highest paid or the four highest decorated. Like put a team together, grow it organically. Like. Nature nurture the heck out of it, and and this is what comes of it. And it's not always about flash and pomp and circumstance. Like they did it with guys that are just hi. I'm I'm here to play basketball, and I and I love it. I love the toned down 
um, overtone of this team and and the championship. The way that, the way they move the ball, how unselfish that they play, Amazing. the acceptance of the roles, like there's a, such a defined hierarchy yes. on the team. Yes, I think that's what you see from like a, having a selfless leadership style like Nikola Jokic has. You can just see the trust that everybody in the organization has in him. Well, what I like about him is is kind of the way I like to do business with people. It's power with instead of power over. For sure, 100%. And, and, and his ability and willingness to want to share the ball and spread the floor and see things for what they are as opposed to what he wants them to be is a beautiful thing that he has manifested and come into fruition for him. So when I, when I look at that blueprint, like... What a great like blueprint to kind of zoom out of basketball and look at life. Like this person is willingly sacrificing for sure. Because this guy could be making money in his own way and having the shine put on him. And it's not. It's about the team. And to, I would dare say it's about the city of Denver too. Like for there's sure. there's just some luck, like collateral love versus collateral damage going on there too. Like the the amount of of, of support that the city and the and, and the state has put behind this kind of team. It's it's very it's very loving and caring and nurturing. Well, it's the, the longest time between. Uh, for a first-time NBA champion, it took the Cleveland Cavaliers 45 years as a franchise to win a championship. It took the uh, Detroit Pistons 40 years as a franchise to win a championship. That started all the way back 1959. Uh, but the Denver Nuggets have been around for 47 years. So it's it's a cool moment. It's a special moment uh, for the city of Denver. Um, Jokic is just so unbelievable because I would argue, first of all, I already argued this on Monday, but... Um, he is certainly in the conversation of the all-time greatest players ever now because he's won multiple uh, MVPs. He's now won a championship. I mean, he is certainly in that top 25 conversation and maybe even higher at this point, especially if he continues to to stack to his legacy. But I think he's one of the best players, way higher than top 25. He's one of the, I think, four or five best players I've ever seen in my life at making everybody around him better. Jamal Murray's a good player. He's actually a great player. Michael Porter Jr., good player. Really Bruce, good player. Bruce Bound, good yeah, player. Yeah, absolutely. Caldwell Pope. But if all these guys play for the Washington Wizards or the New York Knicks or anybody besides with this pivotal guy who makes everything happen so well around him, they're not near. They're they're one or two notches down from where they're at. There's not really anybody I could think of besides probably Magic Johnson and Larry Bird that made their teammates around them as elevated as Nikola Jokic does for the Nuggets. I'm going to actually add to that list. I'm going to say LeBron James. Well, LeBron James is great, LeBron. but Jokic is an even better centerpiece in terms of facilitation. Right. No, no, I wasn't saying that as a for retort sure. or a rebuke. It for was sure. more like just adding on sure. to on, onto that list of people who make those around them better. For sure. Um, yeah, that's... He, he, that's a sign of a great of a great player. He's good at what he does, but that's a sign of a great player. Who? How do you make the team better around you? And I think that all the examples that you gave, and including now this this very fresh one, that's the sign of how to build a team. And that's about team. When I look at some of the big names and the superstars, those guys aren't wearing rings. For sure. They're not wearing rings. For sure. They look good. They have nice sneakers. They've For got sure. television deals. They've got a lot of social For media sure. identity, blah, 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 hooey, hooey, hooey. But they they're not balling into to the middle of June. It's tough to to project at this level because Tim Duncan is one of the all time greatest players oh, ever. My, one of my favorites. But there hasn't been that parallel made as much as I think it should be made. Make no mistake, Tim Duncan. A, a, a much better defensive player than Nikola Jokic. Absolutely. But Jokic is a significantly better facilitator than Tim Duncan. Absolutely. Uh, I would say that they're equal offensively, but very different. Tim Duncan. Different game. Master in the post. Jokic different can game. stretch you. He can also yep. take you to the rack. Yep. Um, but in terms of being an unselfish, sort of unassuming superstar, I think there is a parallel there. The fact that Mike, Michael Malone is a Greg Popovich disciple, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are going to go win five titles, but I do think that there's a proven blueprint for this already, having sort of this unselfish pivot man as your uh, your centerpiece. Absolutely, and I would also say there's there's a little bit of the Milwaukee Bucks uh, 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 overlap there too, where you, you you kind of build around you, the most talented guy on your roster, right? And everyone goes back to like you said, Colter, to give credence to your word, plays their roles and exceeds the expectations sure. of such said roles. For sure, within the roles, the relationships between the players is also very evident. There's a different feel between these guys on the floor. Like when you, if you look at that five versus the Lakers five, 
like these guys like each other for sure. <laughs> like they, they're, they're, no, for so, sure. There's some love, but they actually like each other too. And there's a less of a clash of the egos going on. So yeah, man, tip, tip. I tip my hat and twist the dread to, uh, to the Denver nuggets. What I, I like the word you use blueprint going forward for maybe some other teams like the Knicks to, to kind of look at something and build off and around this, because that's a, that's a great, great foundation for a lot of success to come down the road. It's just so tough because they're guys like Jokic that have that demeanor, but also that skill level, just don't, they just don't come around ever. I mean, they're just so rare unicorns, you know. Man, I I, I want more of these unicorns. No, for give sure. me more of these for Pegasus. Sure. Like, sure. give me more guys who just want to play ball, who aren't in the news every twenty four hours, or getting suspended, or are TikTok Avengers or gym class heroes, and like yeah. just just play ball and do it right and, and be cool about it. Like, it'd be so fascinating to see what happens with the Nuggets next year because I I do think that they're going to have a legitimate chance to run it back. Jokic and Jamal Murray, they both extended those guys a little bit ago so that it wasn't when we've gotten it's already exploded, but the Supermax deals now are worth about $65 million more than they were. I mean, it used to be like 196 was the max. Now we're talking 265, 267, depending on what market you're in. Yeah, that's like the gross national product for Belize, so, man. That's ridiculous. It's crazy to say, but getting Jamal Murray for like $45 million a year is an outstanding deal given what's coming. Mm-hmm. So I do think that the Nuggets have a short window. Now, how do they make that a big window? I don't know. This new collective bargaining agreement is so different. It's going to make it so that you can only really have one true superstar, one true like secondary guy that you're paying really well, then sort of a third-tier guy, and then a whole bunch of cheap guys. That's going to be the way that this whole thing rolls out in the future once this new CBA goes in. But I do think the Nuggets have a, a short window. Is, is there anything that you would add? I mean, they just they just rolled to the NBA championship, so I, I don't know if you can cite any weaknesses, but what do the Nuggets need to do this offseason? Uh, just stay healthy and rest. Like For That's sure. a long season. I also think that finding... Uh, someone uh, comparable to to Jokic's style of play to have a backup yeah. because the big fella is going to wear down. Well, for like, sure. There's just and there was you know some of that you could kind of see for sure. down the stretch like he was just looking very tired. For sure. Uh, that's a lot for Atlas to carry every day. For sure. Um, just having you know increasing their depth. Um, They're going to lose a couple role players too. Like I, well, I would I would every imagine ch- every championship team regardless of sure. sport loses guys. Like, uh, the, Bru- the, Bruce Brown has such year. a good playoffs. I think he'll be uh, hitting the free agent market and he'll yeah. go get paid somewhere. Christian ba- Braun showed flashes lately. I think he could be a guy that moves on. Do you invest in Michael Porter Jr.? He's such a great shooter. He's six foot ten. He's a very unique character. He's already had major back surgery. He was playing in the finals with what amounted to like a dropped foot because of the sort of side effects of that back surgery. He played okay. He didn't shoot it well. He guarded pretty well. Either way, though, he's a guy that someone in the NBA is going to pay $150 million plus million. So does Denver really want to match that? I don't know. So I think that there's going to be some secondary guys, but you're in good shape no matter what. If you get, This is why they're in such a good position, right? Like we're talking about with Jokic. You can fill in because he's going to make anybody, anybody you, you put on that it, team better. It doesn't matter. And there's some interesting free agents. Um Coming out of this year. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Lots of, we'll be talking a lot in August. We have more NBA coming up, but we're going to take a break. Yes, sir. Get into some Missoula-centric stuff. Our Garden City Spotlight storylines from around the Garden City. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, 
Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. So you are, well, first of all, you are uh, the, the master and maestro of this. That's why we're doing this every time you're in on the show. It's uh you want us now, ESPN Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. If it's a Friday this summer, pretty good chance Rajim Seabrook will be kicking it with us. And when Rajim Seabrook is kicking it with us, uh, undeniable chance that we'll be doing some uh, hip-hop history, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop coming up uh, in August. So Raj curates the playlist for us and then uh, gives us some history lessons. When So, so you're, a, you're an East Coast guy, you're a New York guy. Mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Clan comes out. I know that's probably mind-blowing. They were so sweet right away. But then when they started stemming off and doing their own stuff, mm-hmm. what did you think? That's Redman that we're coming back to. What did you think? Well, Redman wasn't part of Wu-Tang. Method Man was part of Wu-Tang. But, but, but didn't Redman then join? Eh, he and Method Man did Method it Method Man did their okay. own kind of thing. Separate. I would still say that Redman has... Uh, Wu Tang influences in him. Oh, I would. Yeah, the overlap of time in which they both debuted was, you know, those early ninety, early ninety yeah. debuts. And when, then Method Man and Red Man did the iconic album in the late nineties. Oh, the iconic album, the iconic movie, How High, the soundtrack that went with that, and then they they kind of went off on their whole different like branch of of hip hop and pop culture on themselves. Um, but Red Man and in, in, in his individuality was just. Very different. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't pretty. He did, his delivery at the time wasn't really like it didn't flow. It yeah. wasn't centric to either culture or race. Um, he wasn't from the. He wasn't from New York. He's a Jersey guy, right? right? So you know, Jersey started making noise when Queen Latifah came onto the scene and and the Flavor Unit and that part of the hip hop branch. But like Redman was almost an anomaly. Here's this like. You know, not not that he's a small guy, but like just not what you would think when you think about hip hop. Just this grimy, like okay, I'm just gonna get on it and talk. He just he he bought a different. He bought like a blue collar feel to the world of hip hop, if you will, and just show that it his narrative is was very unique. Like New Jersey was just as grimy as New York. New For Jersey sure. was just as gun riddled as L.A., um, but it was just overshadowed by a big city feel versus you know a, a smaller town right across the river. So. Yeah, Redman and and then and Method Man combined, sort of. I, I don't want to say gave a comedic aspect to hip hop, but it totally did. It almost gave like an Abbott and Costello feel to hip hop when they would do their movies together. But then musically, that was one of the best one-two combination punches um, um, of of all time. For that sure. wasn't designed to be that in its origin. So yeah, Redman, interesting uh, thumb note in the history of hip hop. One of my favorites, and uh, yeah, Mr. Reggie Noble, man, he's a good dude. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. Thanks for kicking it with us here on your Friday. Time for our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op is focused on renewable energy. They've created three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. A whole bunch of little news briefs around uh, Missoula. First of all, the East-West Shrine game is tomorrow in Butte. We're going to be uh, driving over in the afternoon, taking it in there at Naranchi Stadium. And uh, probably then just jet back. It's only about 90 minutes to Butte, so we'll probably just come home, sleep on our own beds. Uh, but we'll have plenty of coverage for you coming out of the Shrine game on Monday. Uh, but several Missoulians and several from around western Montana are on the West roster. Three from Missoula Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, J.J. Dolan. My Adam, dude. Adam Jones and... Uh, Dominic Umale, am I saying that last name correctly? Umale, uh, Umale, yeah, Big D. Uh, headed to Montana Tech, right? To, oh, yeah, he's, to a big, he's a big cat, man. Uh, 6'4", 245 is what he's listed yes, at. Yes, sir. Play, he'll play D-end in this game. I think he's probably slated as an offensive guy uh, at the college level. But those are three Missoulians uh, on the roster. From down the Bitterroot, Kellen Beller of Stevensville uh, will suit up. For the West, Jarrett Wilson of Polson will be one of the quarterbacks. Stud. Uh, Eli Taylor from Hamilton, who's on the state champion Bronx. He'll play some wide receiver. Uh, probably the, the quarterback that I'm most intrigued to watch because I've seen him several times already, but I want to see his progression, how he's come to now going into his uh, college career at Montana State. That's Patrick Duchesne from Florence. He yeah. was so sweet the last couple times, but I actually didn't get to see him live his senior year, and now he's got a whole other, whole other uh, sort of off-season of training now as he makes his way to MSU, so uh, certainly excited to check out uh, Pat Duchesne as well. Uh, Liam O'Connell of Hamilton uh, is also uh, part of the Shrine game. Canyon Sargent from Mission. The uh, the Bulldogs were the Class C eight-man runners-up. 
uh, this last year. Colton Rice from state champion Florence uh, and Jonathan Lumen of state champion Florence, also uh, Western Montana guys on this roster. Derek Saltzman of Hamilton uh, also on the roster mm-hmm. as well. And then Bryce Umphrey of Mission, also a great player on that Bulldogs team. It's interesting because the, uh, the guys that are the AA guys and even probably the Class A guys, this will be their first football game in a really long time. That was the case a couple weeks ago for the small school guys, but there's the six-man All-Star game, the eight-man All-Star game, and the Class Class B B All-Star game. So some of these guys, this is their second football game of the month. I think that's a big advantage for the guys. Well, they're they're ready. They've They've already had a camp. They've had a camp. They've had some training, a couple of practices. They've had pads on. The acclimation to it is, is, you know, benefits them. Um, Gosh, I would love love Shrine Games, man. Me too. They're super fun. Yeah. Always a great part of the summer. Absolutely. Uh, Garden City Spotlight presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Uh, in Grizz football news, Malik Flowers, the uh, record-setting kick returner for uh, the University of Montana football team, he was cut today by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's not a surprise to me. The only way Malik Flowers was going to make the New Orleans Saints was either one, that he could prove that he could make the roster as a receiver and a returner, or two, if he could prove that he could beat out Rashid Shaheed, who is the uh, sort of incumbent there in New Orleans, also happens to be a Weber State product, those two guys are the two most prolific kick returners in Big Sky Conference history. So the Saints are basically saying, which one's better? Yep. And uh, R- Rashid Shaheed, he can play receiver a little bit too. He caught passes in games last year. So to me, I think that's sort of the the defining factor. Is I do think that kick return uh, perspective, I think they're probably about dead even, if not Shaheed slightly better. But Shaheed can make the roster as a receiver as well. Flowers, he's such a developmental guy at any position besides returner. Yeah, when you're that far down on the depth chart, you better have more than just one blade on your Swiss Army knife. Like, you have to have, you got to be, a, you know, a three-trick pony and not the one-trick pony. So, sad to see Malik go. Um, one of my favorite Grizz of all time. Uh, but like you said, for those out there who are listening to this broadcast, right off the heels of kids going into college, like... Um, Keep a lot of things in your arsenal. Like, if you want to get to that no, next sure. level, like... Well, and, and and I think Flowers will probably get another shot, too. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually, not saying that I he won't. He'll, he I will definitely think, get another shot. I actually think it's good for him that he got cut early. Yeah. Like, he got cut before training camp even started, which means he'll then have an opportunity to get into another training camp, I think. Absolutely. And then the cool thing is, is sometimes when you lose a job or get fired or fail something, you learn how to succeed the next sure. time. So it could be a blessing in disguise that... Um, that the cut happened, you know, again, sad for the brother, but happy for him, too, because it creates opportunity once you learn how to deal with that adversity of getting cut. Uh, another one of our uh, mutual friends and a guy I know that you've uh, spent some time with, mentored quite a bit, Samuel Kim. Love uh, me some Sammy, boy. He uh, he just completed his first season of professional football. Yes, he did. Uh, he came on with us during college game day to kind of let us know what's going on. He's going out to the Philadelphia uh, Stars. Yes, sir. And uh, they did really well. They played for the USFL title, mm-hmm. and uh, he contributed. He kind of touched down this last year, had five catches overall, also played some special teams as well, and there mm-hmm. were some uh, cool highlights uh, of him running down on kicks, which is actually something he didn't do at Montana. So uh, good for him trying to make a roster, but I know you keep up with him. Uh, pretty cool just to see a guy sort of succeeding at another level of pro football. Yeah, Sammy Akem's a great guy, one of the best Grizz receivers historically, and uh, you know, just on and off the field, and caught his first touchdown, which was a great highlight. I suggest watching it because you can feel the exuberance through his like through the video of of, watch, of him catching his first professional touchdown. Uh, yeah. He had a great, you know, first year. We, we talked throughout the season, um, you know, via text and, and a couple of phone calls. And, uh, yeah, he's just making his progression and understanding that it's a grind. And he's living out a dream at the same time, but understanding that right now he's he's grinded to put in the time to try to get to where he wants to be this time next year. So, yeah, Sammy Akem balling, caught his first professional touchdown, just bought his first house here in Missoula. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. And he and his wonderful, wonderful uh, partner, Jordan, um, will also be hosting a summer camp this year. So, oh, cool. yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in another week or two. Uh, uh, yeah, whenever he pipe. gets back around, you send out the invite or we can have a group text or whatever, but we'd love to have him uh, come catch up. Absolutely. He, he's always been a fun guest of the show and uh, always love catching up with Sammy. Yes, sir. Uh, Garden City Spotlight here on New is now. Uh, lady, former Lady Grizz, Sammy Fackin, she's going to try her uh, pro aspirations first in Germany. So uh, add another one to the list of former uh, Lady Grizz and Bobcats playing overseas. There's quite a few of them now. Uh, Mackenzie Johnson playing overseas as mm-hmm. well. Uh, former Lady Grizz. Oleana Squires, former Montana State Bobcats. She's played overseas as well. So uh, if you're a good Big Sky player, you got an opportunity to play in Europe. And uh, Sammy Fackin, uh, she has her opportunity headed to Germany. 
Another piece of Missoula news, Missoula native Lindsey Woolley, who's a Missoula Big Sky grad, mm-hmm. he has been the uh, head coach at Montana Western for 11 years, uh, led the Bulldogs to the 2019 NAIA National Champion uh, Championship, and they have been a perennial uh, contender in both the Frontier Conference and on the national level at the NAIA. But he resigned last week. Uh, I always tease. He's my favorite coach. He was my JV coach when I was a sophomore and a junior in high school. <laughs> That's right. I played JV for two years. I Basketball is not my best sport. Let's just say that. Uh, but Wooly was a great coach. I've always kept up with him throughout the years. Super proud of him for uh, sticking with it and always uh, doing such a good job and, and being gracious with us. But he said, hey, stay tuned, news coming. Well, then earlier this week, uh, it was announced that he's be- going to become a uh, assistant coach at Utah State. So um, a lot of times it's really hard to climb from the NAIA level into the Division One ranks. Uh, but Lindsey Woolley's doing it. He's going to take a chance and uh, go down there to, to Logan, Utah, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Utah State women's basketball has struggled the last couple of years, uh, but I think it's a good opportunity to be part of a rebuilding program, about to be a new AD there at Utah State. Uh, they already have a new president, or at least in the process of uh, finalizing that as well, so a lot going on uh, there in Logan. Last thing when it comes to uh, the uh, Garden City here on our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. How about the Missoula Paddleheads? They are just rolling right now. They won their eighth straight last night, uh, 7-3 over the Glacier Range Riders. Uh, the Paddleheads moved to 16-5 and overall. They had a half a game lead coming into this series with the Range Riders, and they've already won three in a row as they head up to Kalispell uh, for the first time this season. And... Uh, this Paddleheads team's just been so good. They had the best record in all of professional baseball last year in terms of win percentage, and uh, off to a 16-5 and five start. Uh, again, I, you, you caught one Paddleheads game, right? Oh, yeah. Cool. What would you think? It was good. It was, they, they're good. The, they're the, really the good. The crowd, it was, it was a good, it was hot, but yeah. it was a good night nonetheless. The Star Wars game, man. Oh, it was cool. A, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Big Star Wars guy, right? A huge Star Wars uh, guy. Is your, is your boy getting into it? Yeah. <laughs> He's on the peripheral, man. Yeah, he's on the right now. He he just wants to play college football at 11 years of age. You know, what I, I love mean? It. like yeah, that's where he's at right now. I and, love it. But um, no, it, it's awesome. And I, you know, you know, we live in the same neighborhood, so uh, I catch a lot of the games just sitting on top of the roof, listening to the games. I don't have to actually watch them because right, I, totally. I get all the action like living 500 yards away from the stadium. But uh, yeah, the paddleheads are killing it. It's really, I I think it's so great. When we have something outside of the Grizzlies, regardless of the sport, doing well, no, like the, sure. c- the city has a different tenor and flavor to it. So yeah, let's go. The uh, Paddleheads will play the first of a three-game set in Glacier up there in the Flathead, uh, starting at seven o five tonight. Our man Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, he'll be live here on ESPN Radio uh, a little bit before seven o'clock. So pretty much every night this summer. It's pretty consistent, the schedule this year. Pretty much every night besides Mondays, you can catch the Missoula Paddleheads right here on 102.9 FM ESPN Radio. That's our Garden City Spotlight taking you around. uh, Sports news briefs from the Garden City here uh, in Missoula. It's presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op is focused on renewable energy. They've created three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. U.S. Open update, plus there's a big event going on down at Southgate Mall this week. Also, the Parks and Rec Series 3-on-3 is coming up as well. We'll tell you about hoops in the community and who's going low there at the L.A. Country Club. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Is now on 102.9 ESPN Teach me, I have no idea about this one. Black Moon. Okay, tell me. Buckshot Shorty. This is the first time I've been fully stumped. I got no clue. 
Okay, well, you probably know him better from the the Crooklyn soundtrack. Okay, straight from Crooklyn, better known as Brooklyn. He's a, he's a lead MC on that. But Black Moon is 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 one of the most underrated um, hip hop groups you've never heard of. Um, mm. Their lyric style is just hitting. Their break beats are very jazz laden, uh, very almost almost like if Wu Tang Clan and Tribe Called Quest had a love child. Whoa, it's Black Moon. So you love these guys? I totally love these I mean, guys. I love their like wordplay. Two of your five favorites. Oh so yeah, it's their absolutely, child. You love these guys. absolutely. Yeah. Um, just one of the 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 unsung heroes of Northeast hip hop that just was kind of like parallel the NBA, right? Like how Run DMC is this is akin to Larry Bird and Michael and, and Larry Bird and, and Magic. Um, you know, Jay Z is is more connected to LeBron. And then you have that weird, like, push and pull, be, you know, and then Michael Jordan smack dab in the middle. Yeah. And then you have that weird, like, stretch of NBA when it was, like, Antoine Jameson and Gilbert Arenas. Like, For the sure. NBA was, it was there, but it kind of wasn't. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Allen Iverson right. and Ron Artest. Hip-hop was kind of in the same vein. Like, all of a sudden. It's interesting. It, it, it went away from, you know, it wasn't big NWA. It wasn't, you know, Jay-Z sure. was just kind of coming into his own. We were dealing with the loss of Biggie. Like, and then Dr. Was, Dre came back. And, and then Dr. Everybody. Dre, right. And then, like, <laughs> the, and then the pendulum just kind of swayed yeah. into a different direction, hip-hop-wise, just as it did with the NBA. So, it's uh it's always weird how those two cultures parallel each For other sure. but like to me black moon is more of the is would be i would link that to like the vince carter so to say like okay. they were there but you just like vince was never michael black moon was never tribe right but they were there and still you know making bangers nonetheless nba analogies and hip hop lessons with Professor Rajim Seabrook here on Nuanas. Now, happy oh, Friday! Stop it! It is our, uh, or not our, it, well, cumulatively our, but more importantly, the uh, the genre of hip hop's 50th anniversary in August. And uh, I love rap music. I love uh, hip hop music. It's taught me so much about the world at large. It's taught me about so many places I've never been, and about so many groups of people that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. And I, I think it's endlessly. Endlessly educational. That's why I love uh, that we're doing this. It's, I appreciate it. It's also exposed you to other music. And I've, no, I've, for sure, I'm a man. huge, like, and hear me now and, and, and rake me over the coals later. Hip hop and rap music is the only form of music on the planet that gives homage to the generation before. So as you're sitting yeah. there listening to, like, oh my God, what's the sample? Then you go back and it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's Frank Sinatra. Right, right. Oh, right. wait a minute, that's Diana Ross. Oh, wait oh. a second, that's Mungo Jerry. And then you're down a different rabbit hole due to the, you know, the, the, the mix and mashing of what hip hop pop and rap brings to the world uh, within its genre of music. A busy weekend for sure. There's several concerts tonight. Rajiv and I spent a brief moment of time at the uh, G-Love and uh, Dirty Heads concert. I stayed for a little bit longer. You know, he's got a bedtime, so <laughs> yeah, but that was a fun night. I heard that Little Big Town was a great time last night as well. Sold out down there. Oh, yeah. So this is the type, sort of the time of year here in Missoula when stuff's rolling, but uh, Southgate Mall will be the host of the Garden City Shootout coming up this weekend. I know you're uh, Helping uh, coach a team. Oh yeah, got, my, got, some, got some young ladies ready to lace them up and knock them down tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be out there at nine thirty, ready to ball it. Well, I won't be balling out. I yeah, used yeah. to ball out at those things, yeah, but yeah. you know, Father Time is undefeated. Hey, so hey, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Parks and Rec hoop series that we were talking about uh, isn't going to happen because there's not enough people registered. So uh, that's unfortunate. Maybe we'll analyze that and yell at all of you a little later on. But. Uh, <laughs> Either way, just uh, some news breaks for you. I know people like to know what's going on out and about in the town. So, yes, sir. I mean, this time of year in Missoula, Missoula is so happening now. Like Every 12 hours or something. Everything's going on. There's, everything's you know, happening. There's like 100 shows at the Kettle House Amphitheater this, this summer. I mean, there's so many shows. The When the Wilma and the Kettle House first started, they would put the, the lineup up, and it used to be like 12 or 14 shows, which is great for a you know tiny town like Missoula. And then all of a sudden now... Every it's other like day, two sides in the window. It's crazy how many shows uh, there are coming up. So uh, those are your uh, briefs for uh, what's going on. Uh, just drive slow, be patient, enjoy yourself. Look at the blue sky; it's all good. Uh, U.S. Open or U.S. Open conversations presented by Sportsbet Montana. Ricky Fowler fired a opening round sixty-two yesterday. That is the lowest opening round in United States Open history. Then Xander Shoffley. Went out and matched it. He also comes in at 62. Fowler, through seven holes a day, is two under already. So he has at 10 under. Shoffley at uh, one under today, and he is at nine under. 
Guys in the clubhouse, though, already with low numbers. Wyndham Clark followed up his opening round 64 yesterday with a second round 67. So he is in at nine under, uh, fully done with his second round. Roy McElroy, after shooting an opening round 65, he shoots a second round 67. So he is eight under par, and uh, he's complete for the day. Uh, Harris English also in with the low round of the day. Six, excuse me, second is low round of the day. He shoots a 66 to get to seven under, but the low round of the day thus far is Minwoo Lee. He shoots a 65, so he went. Uh, he shot an opening round 69. He shoots 65. Uh, other reputable names here on the leaderboard right now. Dustin Johnson shot even par 70 today, uh, but he was 64 yesterday, so he is at six under. Camp Smith is at four under. Bryson DeChambeau at four under. Tony Finau at three. John Rahm at three. And uh, this guy Scheffler uh, is there at two under. But we have right now... 38 guys under par at the United States Open. I bet Unreal. you the, the the USGA is freaking out right now. They the, the biggest event the USGA hosts every year is the United States Open. Mm-hmm. They do not they want the US Open champion to shoot even par. That's the goal every year. So to have guys fire an opening round 62s, I bet you the people are freaking out. It's in LA, so there's not going to be weather. It's just going to be nice and hot. That's just what it's going to be. Pretty so, much. And, you know, and one of the, the trademarks of the U.S. Open is how tall they grow the rough. Well, you can't just grow the rough overnight. So what are they going to do to this course? How are they going to damper it down? It's going to be really, really interesting to see. But this is certainly something that uh, nobody at the USGA is reveling in, even though it might be very fun for the fans. I mean, I was cracking up watching Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele shoot 62. It just doesn't happen. In fact, it has never happened before. Those are the two lowest opening rounds in U.S. Open uh, history. And... Uh, Fascinating. If you know anything about the USGA and how stringent and and uh, stingy they are, Fickle. And how much they want the course, uh. they, they want these guys to go and embarrass themselves. Like there's been times when the rough is you know six, seven, eight inches long at the open, just to mess with these guys. So they're all shooting seventy fours. So I guarantee you that the people putting on this tournament uh, are absolutely freaking out. Some groundskeepers about to lose some jobs, son. <laughs> Just for, saying. For sure. I bet you that uh, – here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to water the course massively overnight, even if it doesn't rain. I bet you they all the sand traps are wet, and it's wet oh, everywhere. clumped up. Uh, oh, uh-huh, man. Uh-huh. I bet you that's what they're going to do. Dirty pool. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm telling you, if 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 any, if if Shafle and, and, uh, and Fowler come in in the mid-60s today, man, they are going to make it so hard, uh, at least to a certain extent, uh, coming into tomorrow. And Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We'll break down the Shrine Game roster from a variety of different perspectives. First of all, who has the advantage going into tomorrow? But also, so many of these guys headed to college. What does that say about high school coaching and high school football in the state of Montana? As well as, where are these guys headed? Big-time advantages for Montana State when it comes to these recruits. Uh, who's going where? We'll tell you all about it on the other side. Hour number two, Nuwana is now coming at you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.